0: Amen. Amen, We have been talking about obtaining the promises of God. And by the grace of God, I believe that each and every one of us will have picked certain things as we have been speaking in the last three weeks. Now, by the grace of God, this week, I, because it's a five-part series, this week I will round up certain things. And next week, I will give you an idea of the promises that God has for you for the new year. Now, somebody rightly said that... Um, if you fail to plan, then indirectly you are planning to fail. And I remember long ago I saw a quote, and the quote says, lack of planning on your part does not create an emergency on my part. And so if you don't plan, don't expect that when, thing, when the chips are down, that God is going to start running around. If you don't plan, don't expect that you can create an emergency for God. The Bible says that God is in the heavens and he does what? As he pleases. So please do your part. Because when you have done your part, you can also boldly say, God, I have done what you've told me to do. And then you can wait on God. Praise the Lord. And so we started from the beginning and said that a promise is always a guarantee that gives you confidence that whatever is promised will come to pass. We've said that, we've repeated that by now. Everybody should know that definition. So whenever you see a promise of God, it means that God is guaranteeing it with his name, with his word, with his character, and backing it with every resource that he has to make sure that it comes to pass. And so we have agreed on that. We have also said that one of the greatest promises that we all received and that we celebrate you today is the promise of a son. The Bible says, and the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. The Bible tells us so many things about that son. And so we have been looking at all of those things, and we agreed that going by our A, B, C, and D, that when a promise is given, it awakens hope. We talked about that some few weeks ago. We said that after that after that, hope is awakened, that it brings peace of mind. It lets you know that what has been promised will still come to pass. Now, because of the alphabetical thing, last week we talked about joy. Because the D says it delivers joy. And then the C says it confirms the, God, the love of God. So, A, B, C, D, you will understand that a promise awakens hope it brings peace, it confirms love and then it delivers joy praise the Lord we also said that the promise creates expectation, when the Bible says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off, your faith is based on the promise that you receive your faith is based on what somebody tells you, when somebody says I will visit you it creates an expectation and you put your faith on it Praise the Lord. If you also said the promise unite, because you have found that if both of us receive the same promise, you will find that we will both work in unity to make sure that we receive the promise. One of the things that I wonder when I watch soccer on TV all the time is you see how people work together. They have their differences. They have their challenges. But when they get on the field... Because there is a promise of a cup, they walk together. Amen? And so it is the same thing when we come to church. We walk together because God has promised us that as Christians, there is a crown that we have once we are able to do that. Praise the Lord. And we also said that the ultimate promise is rest, and that rest is the promise for the future. Because the Bible says it in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. It says, since there is a promise remains of entering into his rest, let us fear, lest any of us will come short of it. So we have said all of that and we said that the promises are for you, for your children, and for all that God himself is going to call. So we then asked ourselves, how do you respond to a promise? And I remember giving you about eight different things that you can do, not necessarily in order, but the eight different things. Some of them will require all the steps. Some of them might require just one or two steps, and some of them might require four. We said that when a promise is given, the first thing that you do is that you accept it. You own it, you accept it, and you believe it. Number three, we said you begin to confess it. I remember, and I told you, I remember as a young boy, when your father, your mother promises you that when you are 10 years old, you are going to get a bicycle. Even though it is still months off, you begin to tell your friends that I'm going to get a bicycle. Praise the Lord. And so that is the thing about the things of God. Now, we also said that the deep part is that you do it. And that doing is the challenge that most of us have. And I took my time in the last little while to explain every single promise has something we're doing every single promise has something that has to do with action, every single promise either secular, either spiritual has something to do, I can promise you today for example, and say if you come to my house, I have a check for you for $10,000 most of you will stay awake even if I said come for the check at 427 you will stay awake and make sure that you are not late for the check amen because I have created an expectation now you are not going to complain that why didn't I bring the check to you you won't complain but when it gets to the things of God we complain that why did God not bring it to us but God has said if you do this I will do this So with it doing, I'll give you some examples in the life and in the ministry of Jesus. For example, the Bible says in the book of Matthew that there was a man with a withered hand. And when Jesus wanted to heal him, Jesus spoke. And the Bible says, he said, stretch out your hand. Now the man could have easily said, why can't you heal me without me stretching my hand? It's a fair question. If you are really God, why do I need to stretch out my hand to be healed? But that is the instruction. And you obey the instruction. The Bible says when he stretched out his hand, what happened? The hand returned to normal. You remember Peter? He asked Jesus, he said, tell me to come so that I can walk on water. And the Bible says, Jesus said, come the action word there is the word to come and the Bible tells us that as he began to go, he walked on water until other things happened you will notice also when they were in the temple and Jesus told Peter he said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar as unto God what is God go and fish he says, the very first one you catch, look in the mouth brethren <laughs> the fish is not going to jump from the water to Peter Peter had to go and catch the fish. You see, one of the things I've learned in the story of Abraham, in the story of Peter and all of these people, is that whenever God says the first fish, it's not that God is going to create a new fish. What is going to happen is that God is going to single out one fish and is going to command the fish to be moving towards where Peter is. And so if you don't go there, your paths don't cross it's the same thing that happened in the story of Abraham as Abraham was climbing the mountain on one side, God was telling the ram, the goat, the sheep whatever it was, to climb on the other side and as as Abraham was climbing he was also climbing, as it, it is interesting that Abraham never saw that before because He had not gotten to where he needed to be. So please, whenever God says do something, God is making things to work for you on the other side that you are not seeing. You better do it. We also also saw an example in the case of the man that was paralyzed that his false friends had to uh, to bring. The Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. Not because necessarily he had spiritual eyes more than me and you. But because he understood that their action was a reflection of their faith, and so we go on and on and on and on like that. And you will notice that I spoke about the man that was by the pool of Bethesda. That people could say to tomorrow that the man had no faith, but for 30 something years the man remained there. It means that that man believed that someday my turn will come. And so not only did he remain there, he still had faith; he was going to be healed. The only thing is that he thought there was only one way. And brethren, there are always many ways. And so because of that, when Jesus came and said, will you be made whole? He began to lament that the only way I know, there's no hope for me there. And Jesus said, that's notwithstanding, but you're still here. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And so brethren, I am believing God that... um, as many of us as are believing God for something, you might be believing in one way, but God is going to make another way for you in Jesus name. Now, the e part of the thing which we talked about briefly, but I want to I want to dwell on it a little bit more today, is that you expect it. When you accept, you believe, you confess and you do it, you do what? You expect. Now, what is expectation? Expectation is the belief that something is going to happen. Expectation is that thing that makes you do something because you are believing that something is going to come to pass. I like a story in the book of Judges, if you want to open with me. The book of Judges. Let's, let's, Let's open it together. The book of Judges. And if you open it, please go to chapter 13. Book of Judges chapter 13. Now, I'm using this example because it's a perfect example of a person that expects. Now, let me set the tone for you. A man, a man's wife was visited by an angel. And the angel says, you know what? Woman, you're going to have a son. And this is what is going to happen about the son. All throughout that time, things like that had never happened to them. So this was new. Now, when the woman told her husband, the first thing you want to understand here, remember what I said, A, B, C, D, right? The husband, first of all, accepted it and said, that is our lot. The husband believed it, Right? And you will notice in the verse that I'm going to quote that the husband began to confess it already. Now he's asking the angel that I'm not exactly sure what we should do. Now, I want to clarify this part. The promise has been given. He's not asking God to reconfirm the promise. Let me say that again. The promise has been given, right? Right? this man is not asking God to reconfirm the promise what he's asking God to do is tell us what we need to do in expectation of that promise let's look at verse 8 verse 8 the Bible says prayed to the Lord, saying, Lord let the man of God that is the angel come back again to us and give us what? more instructions about who? This son who is to be born. How are we going to order his steps? How are we going to train him so that he will fulfill his ministry? Now, when you're asking a question like that, are you already believing that the promise will come true or not? Yes, you are. Now, Remember, one of the weeks I was, trying to, I was teaching you to say, whenever a promise is given, don't ask God for that promise again. It is as though you don't believe the first time that God said it. And that is why you see this example. It says, I accept it, I believe it, I confess it. All I'm saying is, God, how am I supposed to teach this child they are already seeing a child. Are they not? Are they expecting or not? So when I say expect it, one of the hallmarks of expectation is preparation. Brethren, I stand to say, if you are not preparing for a promise that God has given you, you are not expecting it if you are not preparing are we together because preparation is the proof of expectation I mean I'm just an ordinary man but if I were to say "Ah, I will visit you at 6 o'clock I know some of you will go home some of you that have not cleaned your house for some time you will clean (laughs) praise the Lord Ah, people may laugh but it's the truth I know some of you that, are, that, might, that might not even have done certain things. You might decide to start cooking. Because you are doing what? You are expecting. Are we together? Now, if I have a record of not keeping my promises, then when I say I'm going to visit, all you are going to say is that when it comes, we will order McDonald's for him. Because I have a poor record. If I also have a poor record, then you're going to go and sleep at 5.30 even when I told you I'm coming at 6 because you know I don't keep time. But if you know that this person will keep the time wherever you are at 5.30, what are you doing? You're rushing back home. Preparation, brethren, is the proof that you're expecting something. When God says, I will visit you. Did you prepare for the visit? Did you get rid of the things that you know that God will not like to see? Did you bring on the things that you know that God will like? Did you do all of those things so that God Almighty can meet you in a state that you know that he himself will be proud to say that he met you? And so, please, brethren, every single blessing that God speaks out, begin to prepare for them. It is easy to for us to prepare for secular things. I remember long ago, my own sister, she was not yet married. But then every time she goes out, she will buy marriage things. I was a young boy. And I'll say, What are you buying that for? She said for my husband's house. (laughs) 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 Ah praise the Lord. Now that time, I think Because I'm trying to remember years now, you know, time has passed. But I think that time I must have been about 1920. And then I will ask myself, is that all how all women do? And if that is how all women do, God, please prepare somebody that will be buying things for my own house too. But preparation, even though there was no husband, are you getting what I'm saying? There was no physical husband but in the spirit she had accepted she had believed she had confessed and she was doing the things in expectation of the husband showing brethren are you believing the things of God start your preparation today there are things that when they eventually come if you are not prepared for it unfortunately sometimes they pass you by. long ago we told somebody to write a CV and the person was joking with it and joking with it and playing with it eventually by the time they called for CV there was less than 12 hours the person missed the job preparation means what you are believing God for you begin to do your part are we together this is one of those topics that I would like to because Whenever a promise goes and there is no preparation, either you like it or not, depending on the promise, the promise will come to pass. The problem is you may be excluded from the benefit of the promise because you are not prepared. Remember that story? And I like that story. It's a story of preparation, not anything else. People talk about it in different ways. Matthew chapter 25, the Bible says that there were ten virgins. Five had oil and five did not have oil. Brethren, there is a there is a a thing that people say that expect the best but prepare for the worst. The best is that our candles will not go out until the master comes, until the bridegroom comes. That's the best. But what if it tarries And so when you ask some of those questions, it is not that you are not having faith. It is that you are preparing yourself. Every promise God gives you, run as if it is a sprint, but prepare for a marathon. When God gives you a promise, you might think it will come to pass in three weeks. What if it doesn't come to pass? The reason a lot of people lose sight It's because they only prepared for three weeks. They spent all their energy in three weeks and then they are tired. When the thing has not come in three weeks. But then, the God that promised, did he give you a particular time? The answer most of the time is no. So please, brethren, expect it. Number six, that is the fight for it. I don't have much to tell you here, but when you fight for what God has told you, it is a sign that you cherish what he has told you. Are we together? When you fight for it, the Bible says, First Timothy chapter six, verse 12 It says, "Fight the good fight of what? Of faith." It means that your faith. We always need a fight. Hebrews chapter ten, verse thirty-five. It says, "You have need of what? Patience." After you have done the will of God. Hebrews twelve, eleven. It says. Let us, that see now that we are encompassed with a great crowd of witnesses, let us what? Run this race. I don't know how many of you have run a marathon before. When you run a marathon, you are in pain. Thank God for people that run marathons. marathon. They go to Boston Marathon and all these marathons. Thank God they prepare. Now, when I was in secondary school, we didn't prepare so much. You know, you're a young boy. They say we are running the half marathon in those days. And you say, What is the big deal? And then you go. You get halfway, you look right, you look like there's nobody looking, you just go into the bush. And, uh, and, and your marathon is continuing there. They only see you coming out on the other side of the bush there, and then you're still strong. They know that you have not run the marathon. When you run a marathon, by the time you're finishing, you're collapsing on the floor. Are we together? So when the Bible says, let us run this race that is set before us, every race in Christianity is a marathon. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ. I thought, thank God I've given my life to Christ now. In another many years, Christ will come, I will go. The shorter my life, the, the more likely I will make it. Because the longer you live, the more sin you commit Maybe I'm the only one, right? But because that is why you will notice in the book of John, when Jesus said, He that has no sin, the Bible says, from the one that is the oldest. When the guy quickly thought about all the sins, he couldn't even, he lost count. He said, Even if this master knows just 1% of my sins, the guy just went away. So are we together? So please fight for what? God has told you. How do you fight for it? Sometimes you have to speak against what others are saying. I told you a story. Sometimes God is not the the one that will speak. He will speak through men. I was looking for a job for a long time. You know why you are looking for a job? Any hope, anything that gives you hope, you hang on to it, right? So I went to see one of the doctors in that city. Actually, he was the chief psychiatrist of the country. And I said, um, I did a little bit of psychiatry in Nigeria, and uh, can I come and be working with you? And of course, this man, as he's talking to me, he's drinking his Johnny Walker, he's smoking his three packets of cigarettes. Who cares? I'm just sitting down there. i for a job. And, and I said, this is what I heard. I <laughs> said, forget about that. He said, that is not what is going to happen. He said, what is going to happen is that this post will not be advertised. He said, but we will employ people. Ah. He said, but I know your name now. He said, so there's hope for you. Ah. If it was you, will you rejoice? <laughs> will you rejoice? <laughs> so I went home. Immediately I got home. The first person, you know, just like, uh, was it Jephthah? The per- first person I saw when I get home, I just quickly opened my mouth that this is what the person said, he said that is not possible from that day I never told them anything again about it they said how is your job finding continue to pray how is your job finding God is working something I don't know what is working the next time they heard from me it was a testimony so when you fight the good fight of faith, brethren sometimes there are people you exclude from your information not because of anything else, it's because of the way they themselves, they do their thing. So, so we have seen that. Now, I want to quickly mention that every promise needs you to guide it with all your heart. How do you guide it? Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 tells us, it said, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us walk towards complete holiness because we fear God. Brethren, there is a path you play, there is a path God plays. Have you forgotten Genesis chapter 18? God told Abraham, He said, Walk before me and be what? Be perfect. People tend to want to remove that perfect path, they like the walk part, And I can even walk before God and not be perfect. Are we still together? When you are believing God, please, that is not the time for you to start saying that God is a merciful God. God will never change His condition for the promise. It will never. And I've seen that in scripture. That is why it says, so that we will not miss of that eternal rest. The eternal rest is there, but the conditions are there. It goes ahead to say, Come out from among the unbelievers, separate yourself from them. It's not saying that you should separate yourself physically. It's saying that when it comes to the things that you do, let it be known that you have been with Christ. Let it be known that it is not every method of the unbeliever that you can use. It is strange. And it's actually an abnormality when you hear fraud in the church. It should be on the head of. It is strange when you hear that Christians can't do business with themselves in the church. It is strange that unbelievers will give a Christian a better price for the same thing than a Christian will. It is strange. It is strange When you cannot tell a Christian your issue because because the Christian talks more than the unbeliever. It is strange. It is strange when couples have problems. They can't come to you. They will go to people outside that will tell them that whatever pleases you, do. And then the next thing you hear is that they they are separated. But they couldn't come to you. Because the last time they came to you, That news was on CNN. Is it not strange? So when it says, don't touch their filthy things. I remember in the book of Psalm, it says, he that has what? A clean heart and clean hands. In those days, we used to say, can you raise up your hand if your hands are clean? And, then so, and remember those pastors in those days they were firebrand pastors they say if you raise your hand and your hands are not clean that lightning will strike it <laughs> and so you pretend that you are raising it and then you stand to and touch the back of your head <laughs> but sincerely how many of you can raise your hands that my hands are clean how many of you can be like someone and say whose money have I stolen how many of you can be like Samuel and say who have I spoken ill of I told you before that is a test of integrity when you can stand and say testify against me how many of you can stand and say even in the court of heaven God will know that I was fair to you the advice you gave him Will you give your own son or your own daughter The same advice It is easy to give advice, is it not If that person was your brother Will you give him the same advice You know sometimes When things happen, the advice we give Is a little bit different from the advice we give When it concerns us Are we together You need to ask yourself if my own brother or sister went for advice, will I be happy that this is the advice they will get? One of the things I cherish all the time is that when I went to school, they will always tell you, always think to yourself, is that woman in front of you is your mother, I will you treat her. It's a simple thing. It's not just a medical number if she was my mother and it doesn't matter the job you do oh a child has come you you, you work in the daycare a child has come there the child has sold himself for the third time that day your patience is running thin if it was your child really want somebody to say the same thing that even though you are not saying you are thinking in your heart Yeah, we are Christians. We have what's it called? We have a filter. So we say the spiritual things out. But we think other things. Occasionally, you know, the Bible says that do not be drunk with wine, right? But the Bible says, but be filled with the Spirit of God. I wish that occasionally we'll be drunk with the Spirit and we begin to say the things we didn't know. So that you begin to say the things that we did. That God, while I was doing this, this is what I was thinking about that person. Lastly, everything rests basically on your hope. You hope for it. It encompasses all the seven things. You hope for it. You do what? You hope for it. Oh, every one of us knows what hope is. Hope is what keeps you going as a parent. Knowing fully well that your children one day will get it. Right? I don't know about you. Most of us, it's not the first time you teach your child something that they will learn it. But do you lose hope? No. But when it comes to another person's child, once you've in fact, even the one time you are teaching them, it is just to fulfill all righteousness. So that they won't say, I didn't teach them. But do you take the kind of compassion to teach them the way you teach your child? Brethren, the promises of God will never go unfulfilled. That I have seen that I know, but there's always a part for you to play. You play your part. the part of God falls in place. It's not even that God is playing his part, it falls in place. Because your path is de- because the God's path falling in place is dependent on you being at the right place at the right time doing the right things with the right frame of mind. God showed you in a dream you are in front of a crowd singing even if you don't know how to sing go to music school because God already showed you what he wants to do. But you say, no, God can't do that because God knows I can't sing. Eh, so God is wrong. Oh. In those days, when people hear that I'm a pastor now, they wonder. I remember when I was in class one, grade seven. In those days, somebody thought maybe I had a little bit of a leadership or whatever. And then they put me to be the class captain and the, priest, the teacher just came in suddenly I said, oh, I those making noise. I just quickly pointed out the people I didn't like. Even though they were quiet. <laughs> oh, God. But I pray that you don't fall into temptation. There's one particular girl in that class. She never forgave me for the whole six years we spent in that school. Because of course, you know what it is like when your teacher now says you are one of them, you know that somebody must leave that place crying for six years she never forgave me after I began to ask myself is this the way I will keep on making enemies Uh, so I set myself apart so I want to encourage you brethren the promises of God are going to come true the promises of God are going to come to pass God promised the son the son was born God promises the things that will come with the sun. Did it come with the sun or not? God promises that by his stripes you are healed. Are you going to be healed or not? God promises that come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That rest is peace of mind. It's the peace of mind that makes a man to sleep in the midst of trouble. It's not the rest that you will sit on something. No. It's the rest that says... God has promised me I am not going to worry. Now, let me give you one last thing and then I'll go. Long ago, I read in the book of, I think, First Peter chapter 5 verse 7, and it says casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. And I made up my mind that two people don't need to worry about the same problem. Two. It takes only one person to solve the problem, right? So why are two of us worrying about it? Now naturally, you defer to the higher authority, is it not? If your child has a problem and your child tells you the problem, you think the child is still worried? The child has told you, the child expects you to find the solution, right? Good. From that day I prayed. I said, God, I want to leave this. So that every problem I cast, I forget oh you can ask my wife a lot of things that I forget because prayer works and I said even my children will say come, we will tell you something and then you say is that all and then you say okay and then you say okay I'm going to sleep now and in 45 seconds one minute I've slept off they say how can you sleep why should two people worry about the same problem and some people will say that is hard to do it is not hard if you pray and you believe God at his word, you can have the grace to do even more than that. Let's bow down our heads. Choir, you want to come? Let's bow down our heads. Maybe one or two or even other parts of this message will have touched you, brethren. I made it as practical as possible with examples so that you understand what is going on. I want you to begin to talk to God while the choir gives us a quick rendition so that we can understand fully the length, the depth, and the breadth of the promises and the love that God has given